Welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast. For anyone who wants to build and grow a career in IT, develop and improve your strengths and skills, be inspired and motivated by the successes of others, manage your career progression, and achieve your IT career goals. And now, your host, Phil Burgess. Welcome to episode 201 of the IT Career Energizer podcast. My guest on today's show is an independent consultant specialising in identity and access control. He helps companies around the world to design and implement authentication and authorization for their distributed web and native applications. He is also co-creator of Identity Server and the author of a couple of books. So welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast. Dominic Bayer. Hi, thank you for having me. So Dominic, could you perhaps give us a little bit more insight into what you do? That was pretty much a brief intro, but it would be good to understand what you do in terms of identity and, and authentication. Yes, so I, I really hate those long bios. Um, yes. so, so I shortened it quite, quite a bit from what I had before. I often say I have the luxury of doing security full-time, and not, not everybody agrees on the, on the word luxury here. But basically, that, that, that's what I do. For the last 15 years, I've been specializing on application security, if you like, because you know, security is, is a, huge, a huge field these days. And when I started doing security, there, there was network security, basically. Uh, but now we have all these various types of security like application security and you know and if i if, if i tell my neighbor i'm doing security he thinks of virus scanners probably so i specialize in application security really and even more specializing in that area um is uh, basically authentication and authorization yeah, which um, which sounds really like a niche topic but it's it's huge <laughs> i can tell you it, it's huge everybody needs that and um, in other words, I, I basically help companies um, build, you know, like um, when my wife asks me what I'm doing, I basically tell her that, that, I, that I, I help them build a login page. Yeah? <laughs> and in essence, that's what most people should see and, and nothing more because a, a good security system is mostly invisible. Yeah? So um, I, I help companies building their authentication infrastructure, yeah? like their, their, their identity management systems. Yeah? Uh, so basically figuring out who is the user. That sounds simple, but it isn't. And then obviously after you know who that user is, then the next question would be, and what is he allowed to do? And um, that's what I, what I basically help companies building. And, you know, um, especially in this, uh, what people call modern application architectures, you know, which is basically a mixture of front ends, back ends, back ends for back ends, and um, uh, you know, mobile, web, and server side applications. Right. For you, does that cover sort of the, the various layers of the application or the um, the architecture? So you start at basically the front end for a customer experience, for example, but also the authentication that goes right through the layers of the um, of the architecture. No, I to be honest, I really only know about authentication authorization. <laughs> That's all I focus on. I mean, obviously, for, for, for building a modern application, there are many, many more things involved. Yeah? But what I help them with is integrating, first of all, building, building the authentication system, which is these days, you know, uh, basically a, what, what we call a claims-based identity system based on 
you know, token-based authentication using typical product, uh, protocols like OpenID Connect and OAuth. And um, Identity Server, which you mentioned uh, in the intro, is, is an open source project that uh, we started working on like over 10 years ago, which basically is a, a de facto standard in the .NET space, at least, for building these types of servers, okay? And that's what we typically start with. And then once you have this up and running, uh, it's all about now how to how do you integrate all your clients with this? Your your native clients, your desktop clients, your mobile clients, your JavaScript clients, your web applications, and so on. So, Dominic, can you perhaps share with us a career tip that the audience may not know and perhaps should? <laughs> so, I should prefix everything I'm saying with that I am probably really not the right person to give anyone career tips. <laughs> I think everybody can say that. <laughs> <laughs> because I was just lucky. Yeah, um, I, I made the decision at one point in my life that, that I don't want to be employed. I actually, to be honest, I actually was only employed three years of my life. For the rest of my life, I was always working on my own, basically, you know, as an independent contractor, consultant, or whatever you want to uh, call it okay so all i'm saying yeah in this podcast is purely from my perspective uh, how i think it worked out for me yeah so, so first of all and even that sounds like a cliche but first of all find something that you are ready to do for, for the rest of your life which for me was security yeah i mean i i before i, I did security i i did you know like the, the whole full stack nonsense yeah uh, I, I, I did a bit of front-end development, a bit of database development, a bit of everything, but I never enjoyed that. I never wanted the broad knowledge, I wanted the deep knowledge. So whenever I, I, I hear this term, full-stack developer, I, 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 you know, I, I have to cringe a little bit because I think that's um, exactly what you shouldn't be, but that's a different discussion, I guess. But since I have found this one thing that, that still keeps me interested after, you know, doing it now for 20 years. Yeah? Um, probably the, the most important career advice I can give to someone that is in a similar situation than me is produce as much free and open content as you can. For me, that was blogging to start with. Yeah? You know, especially when you are on your own and independent, you want to increase your visibility, right? So people should know about you. Otherwise, no one will hire you. So, you know, uh, I created, uh, I, I, wrote, I wrote a lot of blog posts, yeah, long blog posts, short ones, uh, a lot of them, yeah. Um, I did a lot of uh, conference talks. I did uh, write some books, yeah, even if that is something I wouldn't recommend. <laughs> um, <laughs> and the whole open source work started basically as a, as the natural, ex, uh, you know, like uh, expansion from blogging. Right? At some point, my blog posts contained so much code that it didn't really make sense to turn it into HTML anymore. So uh, basically, I created open source projects. That, or, or, well, at, at, at that point, I wouldn't have called them open source. I, I created source code that you can look at that goes along with my blogging. And by the time, you know, that there wasn't that many options. So my first source code lived on CodeFlex, for example, yeah? But um, long story short, I guess, is um, the reason I'm here and are still busy with the one thing that I, that I like to do is 
because I worked a lot on my visibility over the years. And so, so come, coming back to your question, the one career tip is produce content. Content is king. So it's about really for you building a personal brand so that you're known for what you do and who you are? The point is, at 20 years ago, that wasn't my intention. I just did what I loved to do. And as part of that, I, I was into researching technology and writing about it. That was something I, I really enjoyed. But looking back at it, obviously, um, since you need some sort of business plan in your life, I guess, yeah, then you're right. It's, it's basically working on your own brand. And Dominic, can you share with us your worst IT career moment and what you learned from that experience? So I thought about this question briefly, and I, I, I don't have anything spectacular. I think, especially when you're working as a consultant, uh, so you know, like, again, some, some people like to, to, to stay with one company for a very long time because they want to, you know, do the, the whole project from A to C. In my space, I'm typically brought in more for very specific problems. So I, I get to see a lot of different companies. The thing that frustrates me the most is when you spend a lot of time there working with good people, you know, motivating them, yeah, building something, and then it just all doesn't happen because of some unrelated corporate politics. That's probably my most frustrating moments, yeah. And in terms of what you learn from that, do you try and avoid those situations now? No, I can't, right? I mean, I'm, I'm brought in for a purpose. Someone thinks that's useful, and I, I help them achieve what they want to achieve. If someone else in the same company who is more powerful than the other person decides that it is not as useful as they, they think it is, there's nothing I can do about it, right? And you don't know up front. And to be honest, this doesn't happen that often. Yeah? I mean, most projects are really, really successful um, in, in the sense of that, you know, I can be helpful to them. But, you know, every now and then you end up in this situation where it's not the, the technology, it's not the work that you deliver. It's something completely unrelated, something, you know, the, something enterprisey <laughs> that, that came in the way. So you have to accept that those things may happen and therefore you need to be able to understand how to deal with them. Yes, of course. And especially if, if you're a contractor or whatever, as long as they pay you, I guess it's not the end of the world. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. Okay, and Dominic, can you tell us about your career highlight or greatest success? Probably that's the opposite of what I just said, yeah? Um, yep. Well, I mean... Probably my, my greatest success, I guess, in, in the grand scheme is, is that over 10 years ago, I started an open source project by the name of Starter STS. So that, that was the very first name of, of Identity Server, Starter STS, which was basically a collection of seven or eight files. And this thing um, is now the de facto standard if you're doing token-based services in the .NET space and actually is recognized by the industry as a whole as being the de facto standard as much as Microsoft is shipping it now as part of the, the ASP.NET Core 3 release, yeah? Yeah. So, yes, if you want, you know, some success story, I guess, that's the one, yeah? Uh, I, 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 worked, I worked really hard for Identity Server, um, probably. It is something that is very, very useful to many, many people, and that is probably the, the best part of it, yeah? 
Exactly. Yes. I mean, it's the fact that it's out there and being used by so many other people and people are getting benefit from it, that's, that's a great achievement, definitely. So, Dominic, what excites you about the future of the industry and careers in IT? To be honest, not that much. <laughs> okay. you know, I'm getting old. I'm getting old. I have a lot of gray hair to prove that I have spent a lot of, you know, I, you know, Brock, Brock is the guy I work with. Uh, so we are basically, uh, you know, a two-man team working on, uh, you know, the core team of um, Identity Server. And we've been working together now for 15 years, yeah? And, you know, we, we often discuss this, yeah, like, um, you know, like a new version of, of a framework comes out, yeah, it's basically, it's all like Groundhog Day, right? Some, someone writes something new, you, you, you start learning it, you, you know, you analyze it, you, you know, you make it work for you until the next version, right? <laughs> and and that, that, that's how the, the industry as a whole keeps itself alive, yeah? You know, new version, new people, that need to understand it, you do a training course on it, you, you know, you use it until the next version comes and, you know, it's kind of like predictable at this point, yeah? Still, I think that compared to the technology we had 10 or 15 years ago when I started doing this authentication work, it's getting better and better. And that's kind of exciting, yeah? I also, I also, um, spend a lot of time in the protocol space. Yeah, like, uh, again, something that most people don't think could be enjoyable at all, like reading specifications, yeah, reading RFCs and, and so on, and, and you know, working on that and giving feedback and, and seeing how in the future certain problems can be solved in a more straightforward way or in a more standardized way or just enjoying how a community gets together and and analyzes a problem and it turns it into some guidance is exciting. But from a, from a, from a, you know, like compared to 15 years ago where I was really excited when .NET, .NET 2.0 came out, right? And I started, you know, decompiling it and, and recompiling and, and stepping from the source code yeah, just to, you know, to be able to, to see how it works. These times, I think, at least for me, are over because I, you know, I witnessed a lot of framework versions and, you know, just technology waves in general. Yeah. I mean, again, it's still the one thing that keeps me sometimes even up at night and it still excites me. And, you know, um, I, I'm still happy that I found this place for me, this, 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 uh, this, this um, place in the technology stack uh, that still keeps me interested and uh, excited, I guess. So. Right. Okay. Fine. Um, we're going to go into the reveal round now. We're going to find out a little bit more about you and the way you think. Are you ready for this? Sure. So what first attracted you to a career in IT? Actually, my father was um, a software developer. So when I grew up, I grew up with computers, basically. Uh, he was, um, uh, you know, like, that's like in the 80s, I guess. So, you know, where other people had their... Atari or uh, Amiga or C64. Our, my first computer was an IBM PC. Right. And it was kind of, again, same thing. Yeah? Um, my friends didn't quite understand why this is exciting. Uh, it's a, um, a white box with a green screen. Yes. Uh, and uh, at most, you, you could draw some you know, ASCII characters and move around. <laughs> I was strangely attracted to that. I actually had a, had a, had a Commodore 64 later. 
but uh, my, my very first computer was um, an IBM PC and that was, I think what always, what always fascinated me the most is like, you know, like networked computers where you, you know, uh, you, you send a command on one machine and on, on another machine something happens. Now that was exciting for me. So that's, uh, so yeah, and, and, and my, 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 my first job in IT was when I was 12, I started assembling computers. Yeah, like I, I put RAM, RAM chips on, on motherboards. Um, and um, at some point I got over the phase where I just wanted to use a computer to a phase where I wanted to program a computer and that's where it all started, yeah. And Dominic, what's the best career advice you've ever received? I think I never got good career advice. I think we have another question, right? What, what's the worst career advice? Yeah, so I'll, I'll That's the next that. one, yeah. Um, <laughs> Do you want to answer that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, they, they, they go together, I guess, yeah. Um, so I, I mentioned earlier that, 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 that I was employed for three or four years, yeah. And this was a really, really, really life, a life-changing time for me because uh, basically when I came from college or from, from university, um, I couldn't find a job as a developer that, that interested me, so I joined a security company. Basically, a startup. I, I was employee number three, and they were all like hardcore networking guys, and the, the only thing they couldn't do was write a code. Now, so they, they, they need someone who can automate stuff, so that's something I did. And my boss at the time, really, really, really good guy, very intelligent, very successful, basically had this ability to to have a very, very, very broad knowledge. So he was very quick at learning new stuff, just up to the point where he knows enough to solve the problem, kind of, yeah? And his advice was always, learn as many different things you can. Do that, yeah? And I never really liked it, yeah? Um, I, I said that in, in, in the beginning, um, my mental model is not, I, I want to learn many different things, I want to learn a couple of things, but very, very thorough. Okay, so for me, that was the worst career advice um, because that's just not how I work. Okay, and the best career advice I gave myself, I guess, by, by, by quitting the jobs <laughs> and just focusing uh, by, by the time on .NET, basically .NET-based application security, which is the Kickstarter of my career. Uh, Dominic, if you were to begin your IT career again in today's world, what would you do? Well, given that I that, that I am me, I, I guess I would do exactly the same thing again. Yeah? Pick the, the thing that is really, really interesting to you and specialize on it. Let the world know that you are the specialist for it and be it. And Dominic, what career objectives are you currently focusing on? For the last 10 years or so, uh, we've been pretty much living, have been living the open source plus services lifestyle, right? So we had this open source project and sold services around that, yeah, like uh, consulting, you know, development and, and so on and so forth. This is nice, but also, you know, after a long time, a bit tiresome. So actually, Brock and I and um, another person called Michelle, we just started um, a product company. So we actually created a, a real commercial product, yeah, which people can buy, and which is a completely different thing than creating a developer-oriented tool. So, so getting getting good at this 
at building something that I can give people and they can install it on, on their own and can troubleshoot it on their own and it works for them. That's what I want to get better uh, with. And that's my current main focus. Okay. And what's the number one non-technical skill that has helped you in your career so far? I wish I would have more social skills, I guess. <laughs> I, I get better at that. But uh, the reality is that for the whole, you know, besides these four years of my life where I was employed, I always worked on my own. So I'm not really, really good at leading teams, for example. <laughs> you know, things that you learn when you, when you work in a company for a long time, yeah, like uh, the, the whole team player things. So... Yeah, I mean, to be honest, the last 10 years, uh, um, since I, I was working just with this one person, yeah, which we optimized to make it work for us, <laughs> um, sometimes I wish I would be better in, in you know, these soft skills, I guess. But maybe, maybe that's also a reason I chose this way of working for my life, yeah? So, I don't know, yeah. yeah? Uh, I, I still hope I can talk to people in a way that they understand me. The feedback I get from customers is that I'm I'm good at, at, at explaining complicated things. Maybe that's a non-technical skill that I'm that I, that, that helps me a lot. Yeah, I was working for a training company for a couple of years. I called Developmentor, um, pretty you know popular company back in the days, and they struggled a lot with finding people that can at, at, at the same time be very technical but also have the ability to explain it to people who who are new to the te- technology. And I think this is a very, very important skill. Yes. And Dominique, what do you do to keep your own career energized? Holidays. (laughs) (laughs) As many as I can. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I do a lot of breaks. I have an an old Land Rover Defender remodeled to a camper van. I, I take that out a lot just to get away from the computer, even sometimes, to be honest, to actually do some work outside the office, um, just somewhere in, you know, in, in the forest or something. That works for me. And I think the, the other nice thing is because I work with Brock uh, almost every day is, is because he lives in the States, yeah? he's, he's based in Boston. So he comes online at three o'clock my time. So typically in the morning, I do my stuff and we get together at three o'clock for two, three hours. To do some pairing on, you know, typically identity server or policy server, and then um, I'm done and he does his stuff. Yeah, I, I think that that worked pretty well for me to, to you know, to divide my day into two halves basically, where I work on my own and then we work on the on, on the shared stuff. That keeps me kind of fresh. Yeah. Okay. The next question really goes hand in hand with the last one. So, what do you do in your spare time away from technology? People who follow me on Twitter, um, I guess they know that uh, I like a lot uh, camping, barbecue, beer, and whiskey. Yes. <laughs> um, and these are the things that I share uh, publicly. And then obviously there's also a lot, a lot of family activities that I don't share publicly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, I like the great outdoors. And Dominic, can you share a parting piece of career advice with the IT career energizer audience? Normally, when I when I come to companies, yeah, I tell them, yeah, that I'm doing this, uh, that, that I have this luxury of, of, of doing that full time. Because normally, you know, like uh, 
when you go to a company to help them with security, what, what I typically encounter is that there are developers who typically do other things. They do front-end development, they do database development, they do whatever. And suddenly, they have to become experts in security for, let's say, two months. And then they are basically doing something else. Okay? So what I typically tell these guys as a, you know, as a career move is specialize on security. The, the, the good thing about security is the competition is not very, very big. <laughs> because everybody likes security. Um, but actually, most people don't. They, they think it's boring. They may be scared as well. Uh, especially if you like that work, if you think protocols are fascinating and, and there are, these are really interesting problems, specialize on it. You will become a very, very valuable resource in your company. That's my advice I give to everyone, yeah? Okay. And finally, Dominic, what's the best way we can find out more about you and connect with you? Well, um, these days, my public outlet, if you like, is pretty much Twitter. Yeah? So it's at least privilege on, on Twitter. I don't blog as much anymore these days because, well, I probably would have the time. But um, since I'm working either on identity server, and that is kind of in the open anyways, because it's open source, uh, or I'm working on the closed source uh, product that I'm not talking about too much because it's more like a commercial thing, it basically means I'm not blocking that much anymore these days. But I, I, I'm on Twitter. Um, people can find me there. I, I, I'm on GitHub, right? So that's where I probably spend most of my time each day um, on, on, on the GitHub website. So, yeah, if you want to interact with me as a person, Twitter, if you want to interact with me because of some code, that, that's probably GitHub, yeah. Dominic, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's been great chatting with you. Thank you. A quick thank you again to my guest on today's show for sharing their career tips, advice and experiences. You'll find a show notes page for today's episode on the IT Career Energizer website, which will be itcareerenergizer.com slash e and then the number of today's episode now that there are three new episodes of the show every week make sure that you're subscribed to the show so you don't miss out and don't forget to join the new it career energizer community group in facebook if you're enjoying the podcast it would be great to hear from you and to learn about your own career journey your successes opinions and thoughts on the future of the industry thanks for supporting the show and remember if you're not growing your career you're slowing your career. Thanks for listening to the IT Career Energizer podcast. To find out more about building a successful career in IT, visit itcareerenergizer.com.